This is The Real Good Podcast. My name is John Roebuck and with me is Blake Greedo Curtis. Good to see you. No, I got nothing. Joseph, Josephette. <laughs> Shut up, Blake. <laughs> and Derek Jabber Armstrong. Jabber from another mother. That's the one. That was this good. episode, it was it was okay. I like because I I can, can, can I do my intro? You're all drunk. All right, yeah. I'm sorry. This episode is called "The Empire May Never Strike Back," and that's because we're talking about Rogue One, a Star Wars story, the very first standalone Star Wars movie. If you don't count the infamous Christmas special, which we don't, I'm going to throw it straight to Derek, and I want to know what you think. Oh well. Uh, how about describing this as my least favorite of all the Star Wars movies that have ever been made? How about how does, how that? does that start out? Uh, yes, sorry, folks out there who are. Do you use the word "folks" in Australia, uh, ladies and gents, uh, blokes and and and, and Sheila's? We. Um, <laughs> I like Shield. all He's the simulating. <laughs> <laughs> He's fit right in. This is already going off the rails. No, um, I like all the prequels better than this film. Actually, unfortunately, um, I'll have to hear what you guys think about it. I don't, I'm not seeing any shocked looks on your faces. This so. is what, like, when we start this podcast for everyone who's listening at home, we don't tell each other what we think of the film. Even if we yes. see the film together, we deliberately don't talk about Although it. Although Derek has seen my the score of my yes. review. And I knew uh, yeah, He hasn't read the review. Okay. No, I haven't read the review. And so I I'm am... going to repeat everything you say, essentially, because <laughs> we, think, we think alike, I think, That's in some my respects. Shit, right? but... And I am so happy that you said that. Yeah. So you didn't have to say it? Uh, yeah. You agree. Yeah, look, I, I think this movie starts off slowly and never really gets better. And, and I think one of my big problems with it is it really doesn't bring you in at the start. I was looking for a big opening set piece at the start to kind of establish this world, get me involved in it. And I really didn't care so much about visiting the, the planet Urso and, and Galen Urso being captured and Galen Urso's wife that I didn't know being shot. Oh, well, let's do the spoiler warning, right? You guys know we're going to spoil this, so we're spoiling it. Um, that's you know the first five minutes you? anyway. Yeah. And, um, and I just, I was never brought into it. I never cared about the characters very much. And I had a real problem with the cast. Real problem. Um, but let's, let's let somebody else air their grievances. Yeah. That's somebody else's you, Blake. Uh, well, for me, Star Wars is dead. Oh, that bad. well and truly dead. Mm. Um, and this is coming from a guy who has the Death Star tattooed on himself. And so. I, I got to also say. On my... Upper right thigh. Ooh, we're gonna look that I, later. I've also got to say, both um, uh, Derek and Blakey are wearing Star Wars t-shirts right now. Yeah. And I'm wearing a real good t-shirt. <laughs> mm. yeah, I wish I was wearing a real good t-shirt. No, uh, this, they all do, mate. I wouldn't, guys. I, I enjoyed this film more than some of the prequels. I will say that. But I, it was just terrible. And for me, the, the universe is so big and so beautiful with the Star Wars universe. And yet they feel the need to latch on to Star Wars, to the Death Star, to Darth Vader, to hmm. the story that we know and has been told a thousand times mm-hmm. before. And I am just like, just do your own thing. Hmm. Absolutely. They've got the whole galaxy to play with and yet they're explaining and fleshing out everything to do with the Skywalker saga to the point that it loses all meaning. Mm. And say what you want about the prequels, but at least George Lucas went out and he still had creative gumption. I agree. And okay, you know, they were poorly written and poorly directed, but he's a bad writer and a bad director. And I think I had the same problem with Force Awakens. They were trying to distance themselves from George Lucas so much, but they forgot that George Lucas made this universe. Mm. He invented lightsabers. He invented the Force. And like, they thought, oh, like, you know, well, George Lucas made these weird prequels. But now they're just pandering to the masses and they're not making yep. good films. And they have the whole universe to play with. And yet I'm hearing about 
the Death Star plans. And, like, yeah. like, and this Han Solo movie that's coming out, you, you could make a movie set a thousand years before in the Old Republic and it wouldn't touch... Like, the, the Empire Strikes Back now is going to you know, be drowned in a sea of mediocrity and people won't remember how amazing The Empire Strikes Back yep. is. And mm. I'm of the opinion that that's the greatest action-adventure movie of all time. Yep. Mm. And it's crazy now that I'm already starting to feel that The Empire is losing the power that it had. Yep. Mm. I don't buy into a lot of John Roebuck's rants, but I am 100% <laughs> In on that's that. a very confident one. I liked it. Like, so here, here's what here's a what confident rant. Yeah, confi- <laughs> confident, confident. Rant. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, it was very well well um, uh, explained. Well, but, I've also got to say this is one of the first podcasts we've recorded uh, before a big night, as opposed to after a big night. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he, I actually don't think that the story itself they're telling is that bad. I do wish that. What I understand about this film was that it was originally conceived as more of like a spy thriller where a lot of the stuff was more cloak and dagger, um, yep. secrets, Which spies, is how they cross- sold Rogue One in A New Hope. And here's what happened. The studio chickened out and they said, well, let's film a giant battle scene at the end, which yep. I actually don't know if that was the new footage or not. Yep. I have no idea. Well, it's, but- interesting, it's interesting to think with the, uh, for people who don't know, uh, there was a lot of uproar about these reshoots that happened earlier yep. in the year. Which actually is a pretty standard practice with large budget movies. Definitely. But having said that, there was a lot of stuff in the... I know you don't watch the trailers, Derek, but there was a lot of stuff that was in the original trailer that wasn't in the movie. Mm. A lot of stuff. Mm. And the thing on that was I remember having that same reservation about the reshoots, but then I remember Mad Max Fury Road having... Really shitload of reshoots. Most big budget movies have reshoots. Yeah, Yeah. and so I was just like, okay, well, if this is how it went for Fury Road, there is still a chance that this will be... Good, yeah, and it just—it was just—I don't know how. Like, I think that is a very good way of putting it. Rogue One was sold to us in A New Hope as being this undercover yeah. kind of co- covert kind of operation yeah. that these guys pulled off. And what happened was the entire rebellion fleet got involved. Yeah, and I was just like, "What the fuck?" And and, and only because these rogue. Uh, rebels, who most of whom don't even begin the film as parts of the Rebel Alliance, they're just a batch of ragtag people who come together, a blind Jedi wannabe, uh, a mercenary, you know, uh, a tri- couple traitors from the Empire, one one a pilot, one a droid, and this woman who's in a prison camp at the beginning. You know, the only actual person who is a Rebel soldier of the Rogue One crew, as far as I know, is Diego Luna's Cassian, and he was corrupt. He and he was well. well he's I, meant to be corrupt. He's meant to be corrupt, or he's meant to be filling, yeah, do, doing some bidding that's not quite above board. But and, and he, Diego Luna, was probably my single biggest problem with the whole film. Yes. That guy is a vacuum of charisma. He yep. just has no, he has no presence on screen at all. He said one funny. There was one funny line he had. It was a response to something that K two CO said or something about. Good, I'm glad you said that or whatever. I actually laughed, but the rest of the time I was like. This guy has no presence at all. And yeah. do you know he actually did in the trailers? There was quite a great a few great moments with Diego Luna in the trailers, and they were all cut. Yeah. I also just want to quickly say that uh, despite my misgivings about um, what Disney are doing with these standalone movies and connecting them so closely to the original saga, I did go into Rogue One uh, uh, f- trying to forget that uh, 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 my misgivings, and I wanted to uh, appraise it on, for what it was. So any problems I had with it, I'd already come to the terms with the fact that I wish it didn't exist, and yeah. I was like, okay, well, it exists, and it could be a cool story, even though I don't want to hear it, and I still... 
oh, it was just so. Boring. I have. It was very boring. It, it, it never. It, it doesn't. Here's my big big problem with that. I can't name you a single set piece. I can't name you a moment where. Well, wasn't that a great moment? Wasn't that a great eight minute period when they did this? Like, whatever whatever you might say about the Force of Awaken Force Awakens, it has. A dozen of those eight-minute periods where somewhere, remember when they stole stole the Tie Fighter and they're trying to get away and it's docked to the ship, or remember the first time, or remember when they traveled through the with the Millennium Falcon through the downed Star Destroyer. Like there's all these different things that you could point to as moments where something happened. I can't even remember the things that happened. They okay, they escaped a planet that was starting to blow up, which. It's a bit Vulcan to me, a bit like mm. uh, we. How many planets do we need to see blowing yep. up and people getting off them? Like that yep. happened. That happened in the la- in the Superman movie. That happened in one of the start recent Star Trek movies where all these planets are blowing up. I just wasn't interested by the by the moments they chose as set pieces. Exactly, I'm 100 yeah. percent with you. And that was like, for me, what's interesting is I differ from you slightly because I, there were moments in this film where I could see a heartbeat. I could see a heartbeat of what they were trying to do and where they were going. In my theory. Forrest Whitaker was the shining star of this film. Oh, I thought he was. Are you good. serious? I, yeah. Well, he was such a goofball. Like, How do you feel like, about being wrong about that? Yeah. Well, I don't <laughs> think so. Because, well, because here's the thing: we could, need a tiebreaker here, John. Forrest Whitaker. Oh, asset, well, asset, or awful. Well, there's, I think the only asset to this movie were the visuals, and also the um, visuals. I thought, the, I thought visually looked great, and you know, so Gareth Edwards, who was the director, his last film with that was Godzilla, which yeah. I saw with you, Blakey, yeah. and that was also a movie that looked great. That was just soulless when it came to the characters. Yeah, and like this guy comes from a special effects background, and to me, like everything I was looking at looked great, and the same with Godzilla, but he just doesn't like. The good thing about the old Star Wars movies were the characters and yeah. the story. And I like, agree, see, and the new how... one though. But you got to you got to give Finn and Ray credit. No, as being good I'm not characters. giving I'm not giving I them credit. Do not have at to all. do that, Derek. Okay. At all, I'm with oh, Jaws are 100 percent on this. It's lucky crazy. Derek's going to America for a couple of weeks. <laughs> give Ray and Finn credit. Nah, there is no way they deserve credit. That was so they're so the squeaky Force clean. Gets zero credit. Yeah. We'll have this discussion. I, another I time. think Rogue One <laughs> is slightly, ever so slightly better. Ever so slightly better than The Force Awakens, marginally. Yeah, I agree with that. And yeah. I would say it's because I could kind of see, I could see what, like, and this is why I like in Forrest Whitaker, I could see what they were trying to do. I could see what Forrest Whitaker was playing. I could see this kind of like. They were trying to remake Blue Velvet. That's what they were doing, right? Yeah, they were. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's taking those hits of oxygen, just like uh, yeah. just like Frank in, uh, in that, Blue Velvet. Yeah, that's true. They did go overboard with that oxygen it, like, bullshit. There was all this weird, like, I, I really would be interested to know what the reshoots did because there was all that weird stuff like with Forrest Whitaker's character torturing the uh, the pilot character, Bodhi. Uh, that, and it just didn't really make where, sense. Where he said the name of the creatures, the, mm. the creatures' name, like eight times, and then later on you see the pilot in the um, in the prison, and the pilot's like, "Yes, I'm the pilot. That's me. I'm the pilot." And then he's just fine. Yeah, for like, two seconds. What, like, what even was that? Well, yeah. and and they just had no idea what they wanted to do with Forrest Whitaker's character. Like, it, originally he saves her, great, but then something terrible happens, and he's an asshole later on. True. And, like, what True. is his character arc? This what? this I agree with, but for Forrest Whitaker, the idea that I liked was. He at least um, embodied an idea that he didn't give a fuck. And that's what I wanted all the characters in this film to be like. I don't give a fuck. Because that's what it should have been like. Like the the rebellion versus the, the imperial Death Star. Mm. That's what I wanted. I wanted these characters who, this Rat Pack crew who didn't care 
about what happened with the universe because the universe didn't care about them. I feel like and they didn't I wanted care them, about their mission. They didn't that, care about what they were doing. That's exactly right. Yeah. But, yeah. but they should have. But they should have. That's my point. They should have. They should have found hope throughout the film, and they never did. Can I ask you, uh, what did you think about Felicity Jones in it? Because I thought she was awful. I thought she, I thought she was awful, awful as well. She, I was trying, she, was awful. she was trying very hard. She did a lot of stuff with her face, oh, but trying to indica- indicate like face. emotions I, I she was she having. Was, it was the worst performance in the film. A lot of yeah, stuff Diego Luna was worse. Yeah. And Forrest Whitaker might have been worse also. Yeah. The guy, I liked Riz Ahmed. I thought he was generally he, he good. Was the pilot? Yes. yes. I liked yeah. both. Yeah. I liked um, the characters, uh, well, I got their names here, Donnie Yen and Jian Wang. I liked their... They were great. I didn't like Donnie Yen. I thought he... Like, I really wanted to like that character because I thought with a few tweaks he could have been great, but I liked his mate. What was his name? Sorry. Oh, I, I was naming the actors' names. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't no. know the character. I can't remember no, no, the character's what was the name. With the big tank on his back. Donnie yeah, and he had the awesome Jin gun. Jin Wen. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought he was okay. That, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So that kind of stuff is great because it's just like, I don't give a shit about the universe, but I care about my friend who's blind and believes in this yeah, Jedi. I like stay on topic, mate. No, we're talking about films. <laughs> <laughs> just not my Saturday so, night. <laughs> can, I, can I drop into another like narrative logistical complaint here? So what this film does is it makes it seem like the beginning of Rogue One until the end of Return of the Jedi are like is like three and a half weeks long. Mm. Like, do you do you notice how the events in this film lead directly into the events of Star Wars? So yeah. basically, if you if you if you break it all down, did you say do we know that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. We no, do. directly, <laughs> but, but directly. I didn't yeah. know it was going to be like the next minute. Oh, yeah, and okay, so here, yeah, so here it is. So within the course of this film, they learn that the Death Star exists. Death Star. The, yeah. Death Stars exist. I had this idea that the Death Star was a completed object for some amount of time, month, weeks, months, whatever, before it started blowing up. Now nah, you can whip that up. Alderaan. Okay. So 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 okay. So here's I something. A Death Star in five minutes. <laughs> I want to see it right here. Bring bring me a Death Star. We've got um, at least five minutes we, left in the podcast. We should probably let Derek say what he wants. Yeah. yeah. All right. So 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 first of all. The Death Star can't blow up a planet right now. It can only blow up cities, right? It, I feel it, like it could have blown up planets, but they yeah, didn't want to no, test they, the whole there operation. A, there was a line where they said, like, it was something like, should we do the planet or should we just okay. fuck the city? All right, yeah. all right. So, okay, so that explains that. But so here you go. So this Death Star, they only basically know that it exists for, you know, two days, three days, however long you consider this film to be taking place. Mm. They get the plans, and then the whole plot continues to kick in from there. And the rest of the action of Star Wars is no more than a week or ten days. So yeah. you're talking about... So Return of the Jedi? No, okay, to the end of Star Wars. So you're talking <laughs> oh, about yeah, okay. basically the Death Star. The Rebels are only even aware of the Death Star for yeah. like two weeks of time before they blow it up. Yeah, which Doesn't is... Doesn't that seem weird? I agree. I completely yeah. agree. Like the whole idea that the, 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 the Empire is constructing an entire moon-shaped thing and no before it's even done they, yeah. it gets blown up yeah. like, in, like the, I'm 100% in return of the jedi it's not even done when it gets yeah. blown up so yeah. it's like it's like i don't it, it, I, I felt like in order to tell the story that they want to tell in the story is this film they collapsed a bunch of timelines and made a bunch of things seem really ridiculous when you try to pull them apart exactly and that's why i the moments that i enjoyed and i did enjoy moments of this film i will admit the moments I enjoyed was when they left Star Wars, when they left all when of that, that shit. When they went, there were a couple of times when they when they went to that that planet. Um, I can't even where, the one that got where, blown up. Where Orso the, dies. The one Orso that got dies? blown up. I don't even remember uh, what it was called. Uh, the one where Forrest Whitaker's Je- character. Yeah, Jeddah. Yeah, Jeddah. Jeddah. When they went to Jeddah, I was like, "Cool, this is awesome. Like, this is interesting because we're gonna go on a journey of where this is going." But no, they were just like, "No, nah, Death Star's here. This is all involved." This is it. And the biggest thing I had, the biggest problem I had with it was um, General Moff Tarkin. Oh, my that God. That was... Oh 
good. What were they? Un- oh, Uncanny Valley. Like, that, that is a lot of competition. Terrible that CGI. Was so so oh. shit. So I somehow, I, I somehow didn't manage to know that they were going to do that. Did you know that they were going to do no, that? No, I didn't oh, know. I, I'd read a review because I, I, I do read reviews before I see movies. Um, and I'd heard there was a couple of uh, characters that um, uh, went into the Uncanny Valley, yeah, yeah. and I'd guessed it was Grand Moff Tarkin, but that looked so it bad. It looked okay, awful. Okay, okay. And the fact is, it's okay to give it one scene. Like, that's fine. Like, give him one scene, maybe. He was in it three or four times. I'm gonna def- and that can... Uh, so just clarify everyone at home. The, what, what we're talking about is um, General Moff Tarkin is the... Inst- Peter Cushing. The Peter actor. Cushing. Yes. Yeah. Who has passed away for uh, yeah. at least 30 yeah. years. passed yeah. away. So what they opted to do is instead of hiring an actor who looks like him and get him to read the part and that'd be it and just be like, we know that this actor is different. What they did, what they did was they computer generated his face, whoever the actor was, to look just like him. I felt like, like the whole him. character was computer generated. It I, was, think, I, I think the body was as well. It was yeah. terrible. I'm gonna, I'm it was, was such absolutely a strange, to terrible. Me, to me, it was such a strange decision because Gareth Edwards is from a special effects background. Oh. And the rest of the effects looked great. Mm. Like, there was some like pretty much photorealistic stuff going on. And that was just... It, it was so well, out of place. The bit, of, the bit of Carrie Fisher at the end, too, wasn't good either. Oh, yeah. oh it was so, so bad. But, but here's... I will defend it in the following sense in terms of its parent realism. When, it, when he first came out, I said, that looks too much like Peter Cushing. It's got to be real. It's got it's got to be some kind of trick, but I didn't know at first. I thought, well, they got. You didn't know at first. Real. No, How eventually could you know I started from the dead. Eventually, I started to see these like slow blinks where I was like, oh, there's terrible. a slow computer oh. blink right there. I felt That's like it was not... obvious from the from... Uh, yeah from yeah. the very second I yeah. saw him. I oh. was the only reason why off. I didn't doubt it when I immediately doubted it because is because I thought. I didn't know they could do it. This and well. and can we talk about the fact that apparently Darth Vader lives on Mordor? Like when 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 they were like went to Darth Vader to visit him, he was just living in this lava planet yeah. with like this. Oh, if you lose a lot of legs on a planet, you want to spend your entire rest of your life around oh, a planet. It was planet. just outrageous. Like apparently he's just chilling with like Saruman. On did you like, like his scenes? No, Be- and you know why? Because of that joke. That choking joke was ridiculous. Oh, also, Darth I- Vader does not make. Jokes. Did Darth Vader's Don't eyes... choke on your ambition. Did, did um, Darth Vader's eyes look redder to you than normal? I noticed that. Yeah. But and he didn't have a chain around, like, in the original. He had, like, hotline bling. I didn't hotline think bling he was, was as... I didn't I think he was as sinister. <laughs> he was too... I'm current. <laughs> he was too relatable. Like, he was too, like... He, he was having kind of a, almost like a jovial conversation uh, yeah. with Ben Mendelsohn's character. Awful. I actually like Ben Mendelsohn as... As an addition to the Star Wars universe in that role, of course, we'll just see him for one film. But I, I think I'm just, I just love Ben Mendelsohn in general, so I think As that's going to be. Yeah. But, um, but, but even in that scene, so he gets choked and he, and he has the smile on his face afterwards. So it's like it's undercutting what Vader is at this point. Vader, Vader, he, he only has two scenes really, but it felt like he was kind of demystified well, or something. There's that scene. There's, I feel like Vader isn't actually proper Vader in A New Hope because there's that yeah. scene where that general um, uh, sort of arcs up and sort of. Um, uh, talks down to Vader and then Vader chokes him. Yeah. And Vader only really becomes Vader, Vader in Empire Strikes Back. Um, but, you know, Empire's happened, Jedi's happened, and now Rogue One's being made, you know, with 30 or so yeah. years of hindsight. Yeah. And so- well, this is, what's, this is what annoys me the most, and I, I feel like I've already kind of touched on it. I, I feel like this film could have been good. I reckon... It, if you had given someone enough time and you had told them you're making this Star Wars prequel and it has nothing to do with the other Star Wars, I just want you to go batshit crazy 
on the universe, it could have been a good film. Okay, I'll make a Han Solo origins movie. Well, that that's why Star Wars is oh, dead God, for me. It kills me. Yeah. Do you have no hope for episode eight then? I don't have no. I don't have I don't, any hope for any yeah, film. I don't even think I'll have a new hope. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that, that joke's too obvious. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's it's so frustrating because I was actually I think more optimistic about it than you guys were. Uh, no, I was very optimistic. Okay. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I was well, like after the Force Awakens because I saw it with John and we did a podcast on it and I was despondent about how bad it was. And then I, I, I promise I'm remembering that differently. I didn't think I thought you were kind of between. No, I no, I was. Despondent. But you know the thing is, like, despite the Force Awakens, the trailers had gotten me pumped for Rogue One. Exactly. And despite the fact and that I'm I wish, despite the fact that I wish Rogue One didn't even exist, I was going into this movie thinking, like, okay, I really don't want you to exist, but you look pretty cool. And oh, it, this is it. The next Star Wars movie is going to be yep. Episode Eight, which is a follow up to uh, Force Awakens, which I hated. And the Star Wars movie after that is going to be a yeah. Han Solo origins movie. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, Disney? Yeah. I do not want making this money. Huge... Yeah, <laughs> but that's the thing. I... But like, like I, I can but... understand it from like, a, yeah, like a financial point of view. But we do not need this shit explored Correct. to the point that it becomes Correct. nothing. Like, and and the thing I want to quote on that is the Harry Potter um, spinoff that we had this year, um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Maybe spoiler alert. Yeah, the thing about that film that I enjoyed was that they ditched. Harry Potter. They well, were like, "This is the universe." They did, and we're going in a comp- like we're going to touch yeah, on it. We know true. that we're related. I agree with you, and that's what I wanted Star Wars. I to agree do. with you until the end when they did start moving towards Harry Potter, and apparently mm. with the sequels, they're going to move more towards Harry. God, Potter. they're not going to get but to like, Harry Potter that, being that's alive. That's what was great when I saw the trailer for Fantastic, um, not Fantastic Mr. Fox and Where to Find Them, Fantastic, Fantastic Beasts. Beasts and Where to Find Them. That's what I thought was great. It's like, okay, this movie won't have the books. As a comparison, like the, yes. I didn't like the Harry Potter movies because the books are in my head. Yeah. And what Fantastic uh, Beasts and uh, Where to Find Them should have done was completely separate itself. Yeah, and which is what and, it did and, and for it me. Did, did for most of it, and then it got to Grindelwald, and you know it will go into yeah. Dumbledore, and it, which is a shame. Yeah, yeah. Top, top ah, three. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so who's running this podcast, Eric? I'm not sure. Um, okay, so uh, obviously uh, Rogue, Rogue Run's a prequel. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'd like to ask you both. Um, what your favourite prequels are. And I'm going to start with you, Blake. I'm quite happy with my three. You I'm, I'm very chuffed. Uh, you can't see Blakey's <laughs> face, but it looks smug. I, bet I am grin. smug. Because I, I remember Jozza, Jozza was telling me that the top three were prequels. And he was like, it'll be pretty grim kind of prequel. But I feel like my three, quite quite good. Well, let's hear them. <laughs> Number three is Red Dragon, which is the prequel to Science of the Lambs with Edward Norton. Mm-hmm. That is a Top notch, and I watched it probably six months. Oh, not it's even no Manhunter though. Oh, it, like Manhunter is the same better. film, isn't it? Essentially, but oh, yeah, it yeah, came out in the eighties. Yeah. But it's got Edward Norton, yeah. who is just like a corrupt motherfucker, and it is good. It is very good, and like that's the thing. Like they like well, like oh yeah, we know Hannibal exists, but we're doing our own thing, and that's why I dug it. Second one, which I'm also very happy with, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. So I can't keep the chronology of those uh, apes movies. So that's the second one. Yeah. So essentially, mm. Planet Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is the second. Oh, no, Rise, Rise is Dawn the one with, is one. No, no, Rise is the one with James Franco. Yes. Dawn is the next one. Do you mean the first reboot or the second? So, one? So the, the second reboot. <laughs> oh, that's Dawn. So it's Ra- Dawn. Rise I'm is talking Dawn. About Dawn. With, uh, Dawn yeah. yeah, yeah, Dawn. The one where they're in the jungle yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. And Caesar portrays, um, no, not so, not Caesar. Uh, uh, yeah. The other monkey. The we, other know, monkey we know which movie Caesar. we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. There's, a, there's that, a shit monkey. Yeah. Anyway, I feel like, and I, I want to be 
be on the record for saying that. I feel like that is the most underrated franchise in Hollywood at the moment. Those two, like thus far, because there's only been two films, those films have been sensational. Like what they touch on and the way they do it is just interesting and beautiful and I really like it. Um, and number one, which may get a bit of, you know, I don't know what you guys will feel about it, is The Godfather Part 2. Yeah. Because that is... Like I know only half the film is a prequel, but the it half counts. the half that is a prequel is just molto molto bene. A bit of uh, Italian humor. Oh yeah. I like it. Can I just tell you my brief funny story about Godfather Two? I uh, very brief. I actually watched the second half first by accident because it was two discs, and my wife and I didn't realize <laughs> that the second half was. And that's the only time I've seen it. So what? I've got to see it again. Oh, you got to check it out. <laughs> I know. Gotta I know. Check it. Actually, watching I do. All these, I like, own it though. Weird I own it. So I'm going to watch it. That, like, from directors. Hey, that no weird one's Swedish movies you. are great. <laughs> and you haven't seen. Oh. Anyway. All right, Derek, tell us your top three. Yeah, so mine are going to be a little bit controversial, I think. I'm stoked to um, away with that. That was great. My, my, my number three is actually two films. It's the it's Paranormal Activity 2 and 3. Mm. And I actually didn't love the first Paranormal Activity. I thought it was good, but I, I, I didn't love it. The second and third, for some reason, they managed to capture some spart, part of my spine to tingle it perfectly. Like, I really got into the concept in the second and third movie, and I think they both occur before the events of the first one. And I don't have too much of a defense of it, but it just really worked for me. Mm. The second, my second choice, this is going to get you guys rolling in the aisles, is Oz the Great and Powerful. Oh, my days. <laughs> I know no one likes Oz the Great and Powerful, but I actually was really taken with it. I really liked what they did there. And laugh mm. laugh all you want. This is coming on a few weeks after I said I praised M. Night Shyamalan, I think, <clears> in one of his films. So, There's something about it really worked for me. I thought it had a good heart. I liked the performance of James Franco, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, my number one. I don't know about Franco. Just I'm putting it out. Yeah, there. I'm just, yeah. Right, you oh, guys yeah. don't. He's agree. not yeah. good. You guys don't agree. Franco, so. if you're listening, come, come on, mate. <laughs> and we know you are. <laughs> X Men First Class. Um, I really yeah. liked. I I was getting sick of those X Men movies. Um, obviously, the third one wasn't great, and I thought First Class really brought a, a dose of new life into it. I liked the the cast of all the characters yeah. they got to do it. Yeah. Um, diminishing returns for the X Men movies for me after that. I actually didn't see Apocalypse yet, but First Class was First Class. First That's rate. I'm I'm amazed by First Class as well because I remember seeing that with all the expectations of X Men three mm. and being like, fuck this shit. And it was, I was surprised. I was really surprised. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Bacon in that was... Kevin Bacon? Yeah, Kevin Bacon's in yeah, that. Yeah, Kevin Bacon's He's in the bad class. guy in first class. Apparently I don't remember the movie that well. <laughs> but it's your number it sounds one. Sounds like you love it. <laughs> um, okay, my top three. I'm actually going to change it on the fly. And Ooh. I am doing this because I uh, was struggling to think of a few and I looked up prequels and Godfather Part 2 came up hmm. and also Good, the Bad and the Ugly came up. Because yeah, apparently, I... Because apparently it occurs before... Um, the a other two dollars trilogy. The reason I'm getting rid of Good, the Bad, and the Ugly is because it's not really a narrative I trilogy. Don't, yeah. And the reason I'm actually getting rid of The Godfather is because it's only half prequel. But I actually I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. But that's the reason I'm getting rid of it. No, fair enough. My, I allow it. My third, and this is so fast, <laughs> is Fast Five. The fast, oh. fifth, fast and fifth. Okay, I just learned. About, I just learned about how these are all <laughs> dude, prequels dude, to the third let, one. Let it's me, it's let messy. Me, let me th- finish. With you. <laughs> I don't like. Like I didn't like the first three Fast and the Furious movies. Uh, sorry, the first four Fast and the Furious movies, and somehow I saw them all. I've seen them all, and I have no idea why. I haven't I, seen I'm them. not invested in that saga at all. I've seen but them all. Like, so. one really? of them was, one I, of them I, I marathoned s- them last year in order to watch the seventh one. Were they, so. Yeah. 
One of them I saw because it just happened to be like on and I wanted to see a movie. The other one I saw is because I've been living in, living in this Sri Lankan fishing village for six months and I got back to the capital city. When? The only movie. When I lived in Sri Lanka. Last, last, it, what, last a week. fisherman's village? Yeah. And when I got back to the, uh, the capital. The Racing only, cars, can apparently. I do, can, I do top, can I do my top three? Do it. The only, no, I didn't see it in the fishing village. Let me finish my story. And I got back to the capital and the only movie that was on was Fast 6 or whatever. So I've seen them all. And Fast Five is just cool. It's really good. But the thing is, I just I didn't even know that those were prequels. So the third one, uh, yeah. Tokyo Drift, takes place before the seventh yeah. one. And then four, five, and six all take place between two yeah. and three. I it's mean, very confusing. Honestly, who, who really cares about that franchise? Like, there aren't that many good prequels, which is why yeah, Fast Five is my third. That's why Oz and the Great the yeah. Chapel is on mine. Yeah. My yeah. second one, now you've said it, uh, and uh, which is why I'm changing it, is also Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, it is yeah. a cool movie. It's awesome. My first one is uh, my favorite Indiana Jones movie. Not the best. The best is Raiders Crystal Skull yeah <laughs> Temple of Doom man Temple is that a prequel yeah that is the it's most Raider but it's the most pointless prequel there's no I don't whoa, I have whoa, no whoa. understanding of why, why they am I getting torn apart about whoa, my whoa, 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 whoa. what do you mean it occurs one year before Raiders of the Lost Ark how do we know that because uh, it says yeah, it, it says, says the date at the beginning says, Oh, I didn't anyway, know that. That's I just want to quickly say, we're running out of time, but Temple of Doom gets cops a lot of flack for that 20 minutes. I didn't know that. That's my kids, number one, where too. Kids, where kids get whipped and people get their yeah. hearts ripped out. But you've got the Shanghai nightclub opening. You've got the like, awesome bit in the plane. I'm with you. You've got the, the bit in the minecart. You've got the... Thanks, Keep like, going. You've got the bit on the... the Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones. <laughs> Temple of Doom is awesome, and it's also one of my favorite openings of a movie ever. When uh, uh, Willy, what Willy, what's her face sings, anything goes in that Shanghai oh, nightclub. Like, I didn't know this was a prequel. And this now, has changed my life. It doesn't, it doesn't give, function. Sorry. And now you will give me the diamond, <laughs> the antidote for the poison you're destroying. <laughs> All right, we're running out of time. Uh, Derek, final thoughts on Rogue One. I have a final question, actually. So this film was being boycotted by Donald Trump supporters because it supposedly had something to do with Donald Trump. They changed the ending to be like Donald Trump. Did anyone have any understanding of what that was? I, I didn't see I it didn't at know all. this was even a thing. Okay, well, so no one knows the answer. So I'll just put it out there. Podcast audience, tell me. We, come up to me on the street and explain this to Don't me. Don't ask for letters. Or we'll get thousands <laughs> of letters. Just, you'll flood I can't inbox. handle it with the millions we've got. <laughs> Uh, Blakey, final thoughts on Rogue One? Uh, yeah, just... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, my, no. and my final thought is, um, I mean, I'm not a... I love Star Wars, but... I'm, Me too. I, I, I'm not, like, going to Star Wars conventions, but I really love Star Wars. And I think, like I said, Empire Strikes Back is the best action-adventure movie of all time for me. And this is really killing me. It, it, like, it... it, it, I, it I'm surprised how much it's hurting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that's our um, I feel sad note to finish the podcast yeah. on, but that's the note we're finishing. But there'll be another one next year, so we'll give it a shot. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. This has been The Real Good Podcast. My name is John Roback. With me is Derek. Thanks. Thank you. And uh, also thanks to Blakey. Thank you, guys. See you later, guys. We'll see you in a couple of weeks for our end of year podcast. See ya. Adios, muchachos.